Today is the fourth Sunday of Lent, and it is also known as Good Shepherd Sunday because of the inclusion of the 23rd Psalm and David's anointing for his future as king in the lectionary passages for today. The passage that Harry read for us this morning tells the story of God choosing and calling David to be the next king of Judah. The prophet Samuel was given the task of anointing David with oil, marking him before his brothers and father as a future king whom the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon. Anointing David with oil was an important sign, a sign of hope, a sign of honor. Then the 23rd Psalm is one of the most well-known and quoted scriptures of the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. These words, often attributed to King David, bring a sense of peace and comfort that touches the hearts of many during good and difficult times. In my ministry with hospice patients, this psalm is one of the most important scriptures available to relieve anxiety for Christian patients and families. I had this patient that I would go see about once a week, and she steadily got more and more sick and, and was not able to talk so much. Um, and, but at one point, I walked into her room, and I could just feel the anxiety. I could feel how anxious she was. And I, you know, I asked her, what, what is it that comforts you? Because it, besides prayer, we prayed all the time. What is it that comforts you? And she said, well, what's that psalm, the Lord is my shepherd? And I, I read the 23rd psalm to her, and she fell fast asleep. It was beautiful. That's exactly what she needed to do. And so that psalm helped her to be able to just be. It fits well among our other scripture texts for today as another reminder of God's presence in our lives. Just as David was anointed by oil in the passage from Samuel, in this psalm, God anoints our heads with oil after preparing a place for us at the dinner table. Anointing someone at dinner is a ritual that was done for honored guests. It is an invitation and affirmation of God's relationship with us. These two scripture passages speak of anointing with oil, but in our gospel lesson today, Jesus anoints with something very different. The use of spit to make mud and clay was not uncommon in the Greco-Roman world. In fact, mud was believed to have healing properties. We use mud for many different things today as well not just playing in it as kids, but I know that there are places you can go and get mud baths or masks, and it is hoped to provide healing. 
This mud that was spread on the blind man was no ordinary mud. It contained the spit of Jesus. Then you add the cleansing waters of Siloam, and the blind man is healed. The pool of Siloam was the source of the water used during the tabernacle's feast. The water came from the spring Gihon running beneath the city of Jerusalem through a tunnel built all the way back by King Hezekiah. Jesus knows what the true purpose of this water is. The passage continues that the man washed in water and came back able to see. We do not know how far the pool was away from where Jesus was standing, but we can infer that they were far enough from each other that Jesus did not witness the healing. It was done in absentia. Today's text is a healing story, and it follows a pretty predictable pattern that the writer of John used several times. For verses 1 through 5, we have the situation of need. For verses 6 through 7, we have the miracle. And then verses 8 through 12, the healed man attests to the miracle. The question that the disciples ask at the beginning of the passage is a theodicy question. They seem to be trying to understand why illness, bad things happen, and it opens up a way for the writer of the gospel to show how very different the gospel of John portrays the concept of sin. In John, sin is not a moral issue. It is not a question of doing good or being good. Sin is a theological issue. In chapter 9, verse 41, Jesus points out that the Pharisees do have physical sight, but their refusal to acknowledge Jesus as Messiah makes them blind. In the Gospel of John, sin is defined not by what one does, but almost exclusively by one's relationship to Jesus, and more specifically by whether one believes that God is present in Jesus. In the lectionary for today, it was recommended that the entirety of chapter 9 be read, which is 41 verses. I thought about it. Um, Verses 13 through 41 are a continuation of the healing account, and they can shed light on the effects of the cleansing mud even after the miracle has occurred. We can get a better idea of the message and the miracle if we put ourselves in the shoes of the blind man. I invite you all to close your eyes, if you can, and walk through this story with me. Put yourself in the shoes of the blind man from today's story. You were born unable to see. You don't even know what it is to see. You can tell different changes in light, light and darkness, but that is all that you've ever known. You can smell and hear and taste and feel, thank goodness, but you don't know what the world looks like. You are sitting and at your spot, your normal spot that you go to, to ask for food, water, clothing. And you hear commotion around you. You hear people talking. You always hear people talking. And you hear someone say something about you. He's asking, did this man sin or did his parents sin? And that's why he's blind. You wonder what the answer is going to be because you've always wondered this as well. 
You don't know why you were born blind. It's been a difficult life, but you figured at some point you must have done something to deserve it. Then you hear someone answer. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. Hmm. Never thought of that before. What does that mean, though? How can God's works be revealed in me? And who is this man? He says he's the light of the world. I understand light. I I can tell the difference between light and dark. Then all of a sudden, I feel wet, wet droplets on on my leg. And then, and I hear that he has approached me and I feel cold and wet being put onto my eyes. And I don't understand what is happening, but something tells me I should just sit still and let it happen. And the the man that did this says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So I think, well, I could go wash, or I could just continue sitting here like I do every day. Well, let's try it. I went to the pool, and I washed the mud off of my eyes. It felt so good and so cooling and so clean. And I opened my eyes. It was bright. I did not understand so much of what was around me because I had never seen anything before. There was so much that I was confused about. I was overwhelmed. But I could see. And I could still hear and smell and taste and feel. What an amazing thing this man has done. I must go find him. I, I go to look for him, but I can't find him anywhere. Um, but I do pass my neighbors, and, and they are asking me, aren't you the man that was blind? And I say, yes, yes, I am. And then they ask how this happened, and I tell them, mud, mud. Cleansing mud, and then the waters of Siloam. Jesus did it. And then they take me, they take me to the Jewish leaders, to the Pharisees. And it was a Sabbath. It was the Sabbath day when this happened. And the Pharisees began to ask questions. How did this happen to you? And he, and I explain, he put, he put, I explain it again, he put mud on my eyes, I went and I washed and I'm, I can see. 
And some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. And others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? They were divided. So they said again to the blind man, They said again to me, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened, and I say, He's a prophet. He must be a prophet. That must be what he is. This happens again. And, you know, they even go and get my parents. And they ask my parents, is this your son? My parents say yes. And they ask them, was he born blind? Yes, he was born blind. Well, then what happened to him? We don't know. But he was blind and now he can see. You should ask him because he's of age and he can speak for himself. That was nice of them. So they called me again. And they tell me to give glory to God and I thought that's what I've been doing. And they said, we know that this man is a sinner. And I reply, I don't know whether he's a sinner. All I know is that though I was blind, now I see. And then they ask again, what happened? How? How do you see? I've told you already, and you wouldn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? They said, you are his disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. And I say, here's the thing. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to the one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. I was pretty proud of that speech. I thought I did a pretty good job trying to tell them, you know, who, who I thought this man was. And how amazing things had changed for me. And they replied, you were born entirely in sin. And are you trying to teach us? And they made me leave. So I left. That's okay. You know what? I found this brand new, beautiful person that has healed me, and I, I gotta go get him. I gotta go find him. I don't know where he is, but I gotta go find him. He finds me. He says, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And I said, Who is he? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. I said, Lord, I believe. And I worshiped him. I knew that this man was something special. I could feel it. And I wanted the rest of my life to be spent telling about what he did for me.
God's cleansing mud is closer than we think. Our anointing by God as followers of Christ gives us a special vision. We all have different calls, and at the foundation of all we do, we are called to bear witness, to testify to the cleansing mud that Jesus spread over our eyes with his coming and turning the world upside down. We are each given unique opportunities to witness to God's grace, and it is critical to recognize those opportunities when they come. God anointed David, the smallest, the youngest, ruddy, son of Jesse, with oil. God anoints our heads with oil as a gracious host to honor us when we come to the table. God anointed the blind man with mud made with the spit of the Son of Man. And God continues to anoint us with light, the light of Christ. Amen.